Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your facilitator, Dr. Dave Cornelius. Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave is streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I want to encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Let's begin your learning experience to achieve your awesomeness. Welcome to another amazing Agile for Humanity webinar series. This is episode 16, featuring Allison Pollard of Improving in Dallas, Texas, and Noreen Emanuel, an Agile coach at American Airlines in Dallas. Noreen Emanuel brings empathy to professional relationships and lights up a room with her positive energy. She has worked at American Airlines for 20 years and changed roles successfully many times. Currently, she is an agile coach within the customer technology organization. An avid learner, Noreen embraces new ideas and adapts to change. Her servant leadership inspires those around her to do the same. Allison Pollard helps people discover their agile instincts and develop their coaching abilities. As an Agile coach with Improving in Dallas, Allison enjoys mentoring others to become great Scrum Masters and fostering communities that provide sustainability for Agile transformations. In her experience, applying Agile methods improve delivery, strengthens relationship, and build trust between business and IT. Allison is a certified professional co-active coach, a foodie, and proud glasses wearer. Allison and Noreen shared stories and experiences in a presentation titled Aspirations of Agility and Truths. Let's begin. Welcome to the Agile for Humanity uh, Tucson Meetup. Uh, this is Dr. Dave, your host. And we're here in Tucson, Arizona, hanging out. And we have Emedike uh, here hanging out with us and Allison and Noreen. So let me just tell you a little bit about, um, you know, what we do with Agile for Humanity. And I'm like so glad that we're back because we're, we're out for a few months doing five Saturdays. We're spending all of our time teaching high school students how to build software, how to be Agilist, um, teaching them how to be entrepreneurs and get ready for a job market. So that has been like amazingly fun. And so um, just sharing what, what else is going on here in our wonderful world. Um, I just want to let everyone know that this is a recorded webinar series. Um, we take this and we share it back with the, the Agile Alliance, so we have a little bit of a global perspective. Hopefully people are watching it and we publish it over on the, the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast, and that gets picked up on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and also on grokshare.com. And I also share it out on social media, so people get to see um, our presence. And Allison, we're connected. Um, and LinkedIn, so you get to see all of the stuff that I post, and, and also on Twitter, um, so that, which is a good thing. Um, the, the next thing is, we, you know, we have a few um, upcoming events. We like to share what's going on in the Agile community, and I know one that's coming up is the Agile Open SoCal in Irvine. You know, Allison, we've hung out there before. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have the Agile Open California up in Berkeley. Um, that, that's coming in October. And then um, this webinar will be part of the 10 West um, 
Festival, which is kind of like a Southwest by Southwest here in Tucson. And so that's happening. And we'll have uh, my friend Alicia McLean speaking there. And she actually is going to be in the flesh. So, so that's kind of cool. So come to Tucson if you want to just check out the 10 West Festival. Um, there's actually a, a women hackathon in that day, which will be, I think, amazingly fun and amazing to happen. So come and check that out. Um, just talking a little bit about, about our great sponsors, you know, Agile Alliance, Scrum Alliance, they've been really good to the Agile community and also Knowledge which is my um, consultancy. And, you know, we also we sponsor this event, make sure that we have space, we have webinar capabilities uh, to be able to do this and try to build this community. Um, so what's coming up, right? Um, so, you know, we have coming up next month, we're trying to build a C CIO, CTO, a forum, you know, talking about the, the role of agility in digital transformation strategy. So, Allison, I know I pinged you. you did, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noreen, if you if your you know CIO CTO has some want to step in, that's awesome, right? And we'll we'll have that coming next month. And then, yes, Alicia is going to be out here on October 19, talking about the secret sauce of building a culture of accountability through coaching. Um, look forward to hearing what she has to say, right, and, and bring that to our community as well. Um, ah, look who's here today. <laughs> Noreen and Allison. Um, they're going to be, you know, presenting aspirations of agility and truth. Um, we're really looking forward to that presentation. And let's see. And that's it. That's it. You know, we're ready to rock and roll. And so I'm going to stop sharing my screen. And give control, let's see, back to, um, yeah, to, to Allison and, and Noreen. So whenever you guys are ready to share, you guys could just share or I could just. All right, I will uh, take over here. Yep. There you go. Now you can see our fancy slides. You got you. All right, so like Dave said, this is Aspirations of Agility and Truths of Transformation. So based on our experiences helping organizations embrace Agile, uh, as well as the dreams and the hopes that they had going into it. So I, I'm curious, Dave and, and uh, Amitike, uh, I'm sure I just butchered that. Um, but in your experience, like why were companies adopting Agile? What is it that they're interested in when they talk about this? Medicaid, you want to share? I am new to. Uh, so, see, Medicaid, she's very new to Agile. So okay. I can tell you, um, from my experience, most people are looking for that silver bullet, right? They have some pain <laughs> points, and they go, "Oh, we can't get things done faster. Our people aren't working well together." Um, yeah help us help us help us our leadership is disengaged um so they're all of those things our customers hate us so. <laughs> spot on spot on so mm -hmm. it is it is like that silver bullet that they're looking for because we want to lower defects we want to increase the transparency or we need more predictability more collaboration uh there's so many benefits to agile um that we could talk about that it sounds like a cure-all and that's what gets people hooked initially. Um, and so a little bit about myself, I'm Allison Pollard. I'm an Agile coach and consultant here in Dallas. I work for Improving. And my strengths, I'm, I'm you know, high input, so I read everything I can get my hands on. I go to numerous conferences, and that's how Dave and I have met. Um, I'm 
constantly learning and absorbing more information, especially in the agile space. Um, I'm also very big into thinking, uh, which is really like the next couple of strengths there on the list. So intellection, deliberative and restorative, recognizing problems, how might we fix them, thinking through the potential risks uh, and really loving some of those intellectual debates that can happen. And then the last one there, futuristic. I love to imagine what could be and especially how we might be able to get there. Uh, so I, I sometimes refer to myself as like the brain. Um, I can be your cliff notes to agility uh, if I'm helping you, um, but we can also imagine together and come up with that plan of how we make it a reality. So hi, I'm, I'm Noreen Emanuel. I'm an Agile coach at American Airlines and um, Allison's my super coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of my strengths uh, are that um, empathy. I, I connect with people. I can put myself in someone else's shoes and relate to what they're going through. Um, and that also, most of my strengths, you can see they're more about, pe they're more about people, a relator. I can relate to people. I have input as well. So I do like to read and like gather knowledge. Um, so that's one of the things that Alice and I connected on. Yeah. So she could give me like reading material and I can go read it and we could talk about it. Uh, positivity, I like to look for the bright spots, like to see the bright spots in people, what their potential is, help them out. And adaptability, I've experienced a lot of changes in the last couple of years and I was able to adapt and roll with the punches. Yeah, so when, when we started uh, working together, you know, I recognized that I had mentioned a couple uh, models or mentioned a few names and she would come in the next day and say I read up on that thing that you mentioned I went oh my god people never go and read up on the stuff I mentioned <laughs> this is this is awesome um, and that's why you know had Noreen go through the strengths finders uh, test and be able to you know tell me what were the other things that made her so unique uh, and so we're clearly like the yin and the yang uh, her people skills are you know so complementary to my not people skills um, that we've been able to really help uh, a, a great change happen um, at her company. Hey, I want to I want to be a yin and a yang somewhere. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's amazing. Like when you recognize like what sets us apart and how can we actually complement one another. Um, I I've been asked before, like you know, if I'm here to coach Noreen, like do I feel like I need to make her a clone of me? And I'm like, there, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> the things that, that I do that set me apart, um, other people are not going to be able to step in and do that. Um, I've got 10 years of experience that have made me um, as knowledgeable and as experienced as I am. I need to help someone find their own path um, and really do it in their own way. And that's been exciting um, for, I think, both of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the, the agenda for today's talk is really like, what does it mean to be getting started um, adopting Agile in a company? How do we engage people to participate in that? Uh, you know, when you're you know, midway through, how do you check progress? Uh, and certainly, how do we get that continuous improvement going? Because that's really the heart of Agile. Uh, it's that long-term journey that we're never really done. Uh, we're always looking to what can be made better? How can we change and continue to serve our, our companies and serve our customers better? Uh, and then we'll wrap up by sharing a model of a learning path for a team. And I found it really helpful to use in understanding like what are some of the initial benefits that I might see from a team and what kinds of investments or changes might be needed later um, to see even more agility from them. Are you trying to make us laugh? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I just went to put uh, put the power source over my other device, so I have to go do a little dance. Again. That's the that's the power source dance. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you recognize it? <laughs> clearly, clearly power. <laughs> All right. So getting started with Agile, uh, we already talked about the benefits that you know executives are hearing about, or managers, or even team members uh, that you know get them attracted to this thing that we call Agile. And as they learn more about it, they probably are interested in the Agile Manifesto, uh, written in 2001, that really kicked off this movement. Uh, and that that manifesto is really a set of values and principles. Uh, and so we, we look to it for guidance. It does not give us a clear picture of how we do Agile or like what Agile would look like on a day-to-day -day basis necessarily. And so in that case, we often look to frameworks um, for a bit more structure, a bit more guidance on how to get started with it. Uh, and so most popular, most common framework uh, is Scrum. And so we have it depicted here. It, it fits quite nicely on a slide. Uh, and I believe that's how your organization got started originally. Yeah, uh, when we first started getting into Agile, which was like maybe 10 years ago, we started with Scrum. Uh, they wanted, there was this big talk that we wanted to move in that direction of Agile. And so we had a group of, P, uh, a department at our company that uh, did Scrum. Uh, so they taught us how to do ceremonies, like all the Scrum ceremonies. And then they also embedded a coach on our teams to help us like, get started and get that regular cadence of doing the ceremonies mm -hmm. and it, it worked well for that time mm -hmm. yeah so helping people understand the components of it and like really build up that muscle memory around it um in other organizations i've worked sometimes they're looking to get started more with like extreme programming uh so i had one client where the the direction from the cio was we're going to do two week iterations and we're going to be doing test driven development uh and so with that guidance you know, we kind of recognize some of the pieces of extreme programming and realize that other um, parts of that framework could also be beneficial. Uh, and so we kept that in mind as coaches. Uh, I've noticed in some cases, you know, I come into a, maybe I'm working with infrastructure or I'm working with support teams, where they are on their journey, it looks like Kanban could be a better fit. And so we look to a continuous pull or a continuous flow model and how they visualize their work. I don't know how it is uh, where you are, but in Dallas, like scaling is a big thing. Uh, and so there are some companies looking to large scale scrum. Uh, we have a number of companies also looking at safe. And so the theme across all of this is you know, right away, we, we recognized that we needed more guidance than what the manifesto gave us. Someone did, you know, some research or had some conversations and chose a framework for us to adopt. And then it seems like the common pattern is we emphasize the framework and we kind of lose sight of why we're doing this in the first place. Right. In my experience, what I noticed is that um, the scrum masters or the team realized they need to do like stand-ups or they need to do like um, retros. It became it became like just something that we needed to check off that we did our stand up and our retro, but we weren't using those uh, ceremonies effectively to improve the team. Yeah. So the key thing here is we need to keep in mind like why we wanted agility. Let's keep those benefits in mind and make sure that we're communicating them constantly throughout the initial adoption, so people understand what it is that we're trying to do. 
and, and not so much about, hey, you're going to be a scrum master now, or we're going to be delivering in sprints. It's we're trying to increase the productivity and the innovation um, in our organization. Or we really want to um, improve customer satisfaction uh, because it's been rather low and we know that there are a number of defects that we need to resolve. When we can connect to like those higher goals and really captivate people, get them motivated, it'll give a lot more momentum into that adoption. Yeah, I think it's really important to uh, let the team know why we do certain things because um, then they'll, you know, it, they'll buy into it more if they know why they're doing it, rather than we just need to talk every morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we get them on board with like that, that goal. And then we have to invite them to participate. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, there's this sense that we're going to train people and then we're going to like govern and, and make sure that they comply. Uh, and I have not found that to be all that effective long-term. Uh, I had read this article a while back from Margaret Wheatley, uh, who's done a lot in organizational change. And she talked about participation is not a choice. And that is not meant to be like, this is mandatory, thou shalt uh, follow the change. What she's really saying here is that when we give direction, people will interpret it how they will and do what they think is best. So they may or may not follow the instructions that you give them. It is far better to invite them to participate so that they can contribute and really have ownership and, and feel included in the change. And so that's one of the great things about Noreen's strengths where she is so, you know, relater and so empathetic. She naturally does this. Uh, there were times where I think you and I would like talk um, after like the, the team's daily standup and I would notice a few things and then she would immediately go and have the conversation with them. And it kind of freaked me out because again, I'm like slower and I like to think things through a bit more, but she could get them on board and like open to exploring different ways of communicating or visualizing the information or um, making things happen. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just because I, I like to communicate with people and I know, and I think they feel like, cause I can relate to them. I'm not, it's not dictating that I'm trying to find something that they're using their skills, their talents, trying to make it better for them as well. So I don't, I, I know everyone doesn't have that skill. <laughs> I recognize that about myself. <laughs> Thank goodness. <Yes. laughs> All right. So um, when we, when we kind of asked ourselves this question of like, what are ways to invite participation during an output transformation? What's been really cool is, you know, Noreen's been with her company a long time she's seen the initial agile adoption. She's also been there to where they went to what I call like agile 2.0. Like how do we go to the next level and really get more agility, um, which is where, you know, we started working together. Uh, and so what are, what are things that you two can come up with, uh, Dave and, um, and Amike that, that we might involve people? I think you said it. <laughs> I think I did too. And I was like beating myself up in my head about it. <laughs> um, Etel, so you could call her Etel, E-T-E-L. Etel, Etel. Um, so what do you think? If you wanted to connect with some people and said, hey, you know, I have this new agile thing. Um, we want to teach you more about it. What would you, how would you invite them? Any thoughts? I could go first, but I just wanted to see, give you a, a chance. Um, okay, so actually I work in the lab 
Okay. And I recently got trained on Scrum. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, so I was advised to attend the meetups to be able to see, to meet other Scrum masters uh -huh. and then see how they work. Yeah. So you're in the right place, you know, you're in the right place because you have coaches here who could, um, you know, probably share some knowledge, our experience, right? Right, yeah. I have yeah, found it like actually really helpful bringing people from my clients to meetups with me. Yeah. Uh, they get to, to learn alongside me. Here's some really great ideas. And then we can have conversations around like how might we apply that in their organizations or yeah. volunteer people to, to speak at a, at a group with me. Then they, they yeah, volunteer. <laughs> you know, one way that I've found is, um, I believe lunch and learns are fun ways to, to invite people into learning about agile. Mm -hmm. So you can have like, Hey, everyone bring lunch today. And, or maybe we all pitch in and we buy some pizza and we're going to meet and we're going to talk about agile. And maybe you think of a topic that you want to cover, you know, why am I afraid of agile? Maybe a good topic, right? Maybe a fun topics that you could bring in. And then so you could start a conversation that way as, as part of it as one idea. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think that you may want to try if there's something that you have in mind? Yeah, it's okay too. All yeah. right, we'll give you more ideas. We'll, yeah. we'll share some things that we've tried. Uh, so which one do you want to highlight? Um, so like we do the lunch and learns, we do like a lot of, we have guilds at our company. So uh, a good thing is like some people don't have time. So if you, if you offer a, like a, a forum during lunchtime and provide food, they can come and learn and, you know, they don't have to worry about their lunch. So that's a good thing that's worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I know we've done some uh, like product charter workshops. Mm -hmm. So getting the team together at the beginning of like a new project or like when they're ready to kick off and, you know, facilitate that conversation on what is success going to look like? You know, what is it going to look like for the product? What is it going to look like for us as a team? And maybe we come up with the working agreement. So, the team, you know, is having that conversation of like, how are we going to make decisions together? And like, how might we handle it when there's conflict? Uh, and they can own that. They have this responsibility to one another um, that they've jointly defined. Yeah, I like working agreements a lot because, um, and so we don't like blame people when things don't go right because you can point back to the working agreements that they all collectively came up with to say, hey, we all decided this, you know, do we need to change this? This is mm -hmm. still apply. You can have those conversations around that. And, it's a safe conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've also done some like organizational retrospectives um, about the transformation. Uh, and remember we had gotten the like leadership team together at one point. Uh, we were a couple you know, months along and, you know, getting different perspectives on like, how was this change going across the organization and like, what were the things that we might want to do differently from that? I also like when Allison facilitated a self-designed uh, team event. That was really good as well. That was something new for us that we had not done before. And I think people were generally um, excited about that. Yeah, that's uh, probably one of the like more radical uh, mm -hmm. things that you can do. But, you know, when you're in an organization that has multiple teams and you're in those conversations of like, how do we structure them? Like, who do we move from this team to that team? Or like, we need to start up a brand new one. Uh, you, you end up sitting in meetings with managers and spreadsheets uh, and it's very dry and it's very difficult. 
that I, I had proposed this idea and I actually thought like, I'll just mention it. Maybe we'll do it like six months from now. Um, and instead it was like, Oh, Allison like mentioned this idea. Like, let's try this in a couple weeks. Um, but get all the team members in the room, have the product owners explain what their products are and then let the team members choose what teams, like what products they want to be a part of. Uh, it's an iterative process, as you can imagine. Uh, you, you are going to have some constraints where, you know, I, I can't have a team of like 20 people all working on this like one product. Uh, you know, we need to have balance across all of the products. Uh, and so letting people like sort themselves uh, gives them again, like that sense of ownership and that sense of responsibility. Um, but it gave them like there's some folks like really got excited about like moving to perhaps like different technologies or like trying on some different roles, mm -hmm. um, which was really kind of cool. Or there was conversation about I've never worked with this person before. I'd like to learn from this person. Mm -hmm. So I want to go work on their team. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so just a quick question, because there's a there's a couple authors um, who, are, who are like really push who has pushed this. Yep. Uh, model and who are currently pushing this model. So um, why don't you share you know, some of the authors who are doing some of that stuff? I, I know <laughs> I'm not, but I know I'd rather you do it. <laughs> right now, well, because I, I know it's uh, Sandy Mamoli and David, yeah. I totally forget his last name. Yeah. Uh, they were, they did an experience report at the Agile conference a couple of years ago. And that's where I first learned about how to facilitate the self-designing like team or self-designing squad event. Yeah. Uh, and they have a, a nice book. Um, it's, it's rather short, but it's like a facilitator's guide. So Noreen and I both have copies of that and, and use that to prepare. Um, there's also a really cool um, idea. And that, again, it was an experience report that's now been uh, fleshed out into a book um, by Heidi Helfand yeah. on dynamic reteaming. And yeah. I love it because that really takes us not only on like self-designing teams as like a one-time event, but when you're growing your organization, as you know, you might be expanding the number of teams that you have, like how do you set the seeds where it's okay that we not keep teams sacred and keep them together long-term, but instead let the team members kind of choose the pace um, as much as possible, how frequently are we changing and like what might be the ways that um, they want to change the team formations. Uh, so that one I, I think is absolutely fa fascinating. I, I love Heidi and, and you know, hearing her speak and, uh, you know, talking on that subject about how she used a lot of coaching and a lot of facilitation techniques to really empower uh, people at her company. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Heidi's a friend, and and so I just wanted to make sure we highlight, you know. <laughs> so, but you didn't know her name. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I knew, but I, I wanted. I was kind of pulling it out of Allison just just for fun, and I, I didn't want to like take, you know, grab the thunder because we have standing. You mentioned board. we mentioned we were input. So for me, input means I read. Does not mean I remember the people's names. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ask a question. Atel <laughs> has a question. Yeah. With respect to self-designing team events, does switching people around um, not affect the velocity of the sprint? It does. It does. Uh, and and I, I love that you're like recognizing that because if we do change up the teams and who's on them, it will have an impact on you know, like their velocities or like their team dynamics initially. They're going to have to get to know one another. Uh, they would probably be uh, estimating a backlog again and like 
determining, uh, you know, like how they work together and, and might they need to make some changes to the way things are formatted or uh, the way that they run the events. So there is a time period where things are in flux. But I think we made sure that we did keep a, like at least an anchor on the team, that someone who had some of the knowledge so that we didn't completely come up with a whole brand new team. Yeah. So um, there was that there too. Yeah. So there was still some like domain and like technical um, expertise that remained on the products. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things we don't want to get hung up on is velocity always, right? Because sometimes, you know, if, we're, if our pivot and our view is only about velocity, right? I mean, we lose the, the aspect of the growth of the organization because, you know, not only do we want to produce outcomes, but we really want to make sure that we have a learning community, right? And we encourage that, you know, mm -hmm. in the organization. So I just want to kind of throw that in there. Um, yeah. And the whole thing about being, not being specialist, but being T-shaped and learning a little bit about everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that does highlight, like, if you're going to have that event, like, make sure your stakeholders are on board. Because, um, like, we certainly had, like, the IT management support. Uh, the business, like, found out about it, you know, secondary. And I know they had some of those concerns about, like, what is this going to mean for, like, my timelines and, you know, the stakeholders that I've been communicating with. And, you know, how do we message this? Uh, and so, you know, recognizing that there, there could be timing um, concerns around when do we change up the teams uh, that you might need to, uh, you know, be thoughtful about that. But yeah. I think a good counterpoint is that when people get complacent and bored, they're not really producing as best as they can either. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, so it's probably good. Like when, you, when you're like, I have to work on this product. <laughs> yeah. It's not so cool. I wish I was on that other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so now you're into the adoption, people have, you know, some more say in it, they have more ownership of it. Now we're looking to how do we continuously improve? Um, so for me, you know, I'm always thinking about like, what's the current state? Like, how do we recognize where we are right now? Um, and so many organizations, you know, have these traditional status reports and status meetings and, you know, red, yellow, greens um, all over the place. And how do we now, you know, come to say like a sprint review or some kind of a demo or and have people looking at the product itself? What is the software? Or what is this um, like new implementation looking like? How might we um, introduce that to our customers? What kind of value is it um, potentially going to provide? And let's look at some of the metrics from the team in terms of, you know, we've been um, seeing more on like how quickly are we deploying? Mm -hmm. uh, what's our change failure rate looking like? Um, you know, for our particular like retail product, let's say, like how many have been sold in say like the last two weeks? Yeah. Um, like how many customers um, were offered that, but they, for whatever reason, like did not um, choose to purchase it. Mm -hmm. So we're having more uh, interesting conversations around like the product um, results and like how it's being used by customers. And I think we're also making a point to do a lot of A-B testing as well. Mm -hmm. Like if we were to implement this icon versus this, what's the adoption rate? You know, mm -hmm. that stuff is interesting as well. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, how do like sit by the team, you know, like how do we have like a manager nearby? How do we have some of their other stakeholders nearby? Uh, and, and maybe we're even doing workshops around like value stream mapping. Um, so that team recognizes like what is their current process or like who are the other groups involved like from ideation you know through to like production 
and you know the steps along the way where might we remove some waste and get better um, holistically yeah that's a big thing right now we're trying to recruit facilitators for value stream mapping so we can start making that a regular part of our process mm -hmm. uh, recognize our waste and stuff so. yep okay. and then yeah yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so, so you know, I, I kind of favor like looking at things as they are. And this is where Noreen shines is really like amplifying what's working. Yeah, um, you know, seeing where people are passionate, like putting them in the in an area where they are passionate, and um, you know, a lot of times we like we try to, you know, our managers might try to see like, oh, is this person, you know, are they the best coder? But I try to see like, are they a good team player, and they have the potential to be the best coder. Like I might, some people might have like totally written off a person, but I'm able to see something that they're able to be in the future. Yeah. yeah. And, and Noreen, you know, really like shows the appreciation, yeah. um, is able to like name those positive behaviors. So like really reinforcing that person's confidence. Uh, so even if they recognize like, no, I'm not the best coder today, I am bringing like the right attitude. I am like engaging in conversations. Uh, that I feel more confident, you know, now working with my other team members and like learning more about, you know, coding practices or um, some of the technical areas that I could learn more about and, yeah. and grow in that way. I mean, you see the people who really own their work and, you, you know, you want to nurture them and help them grow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, it, those like retrospective type conversations of like, how do we realize like, where did people feel like they really contributed or like they were really like the most excited about their work? Um, and how do we then, like, as coaches, find ways of, like, creating more of those opportunities for them so that they are, like, motivated, they are passionate around, you know, their day-to-day -day and feel like they have a, a bigger contribution besides, you know, checking in code because, you know, yeah. someone told me I needed to write some code. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> people really like nothing but cake and <laughs> right yes we've had we've had a lot of desserts uh, <laughs> that's the go-to at our office you know you would for me it's natural like if I'm driving by somewhere like if I'm driving by Krispy Kremes or nothing but to go just stop in and pick it up but it's surprising but it's not natural to everybody but I've actually been able to rub off like on managers who like I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Noreen I'm like um, what, is, what does Jason say he's like um, You're, he's channeling like, you. Yeah, he's channeling his inner Noreen, and he went and bought nothing but cakes. Nothing but cakes, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting. So we sit on like an open floor, uh, you know, with all these different development teams. And there was one day, like one of the teams was like super excited. They had deployed to production. They're seeing some results on their dashboard. Like they started clapping. Uh, and there's been this like ripple effect. Like if you hear a team start like applause uh, in like one pocket of the floor, like other people start also clapping, even though they have no idea what it's about. Uh, and so it's like this like spontaneous like appreciation um, that happens, but it really does like boost the energy uh, for like a couple minutes. Yeah, that's, I mean, awesome. that's awesome to, to change the dynamics of of the room where you know yeah. simple applause would ripple through the organization and people are like cheering them on. That's yeah, and that's like and inevitably you're, you're like wanting to like go by later on, like, hey, like what was that about? Like, and sometimes they're like, you know, a person just got promoted or they, you know, became an employee, might've been someone's anniversary. They've been there, you know, 10 plus years or, uh, you know, maybe they, they hit like a milestone with their product and it was really amazing the things that they delivered for their customers. 
a little appreciation goes a long way. Sure um, does. Yeah. yeah. So, if you need tips on how to motivate people, just contact me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All of your desserts, gift needs. Yeah. Even this week, you came by with flowers, yeah. uh, like fresh flowers for one of our coaches. Uh, so that's been like cheering up our like whole um, oddball space. We have like these like tables that are totally mismatched because we gave the nicer ones to the teams. <laughs> True servant leadership. True servant leadership. We, we sit wherever we can. Um, so, you know, as, as we're working with teams and thinking about like the learning path, um, you know, of agile, you know, like what are the different um, things that they need to be thinking about? What is it that they're starting to do differently? You know, how do we start to see those benefits um, that we wanted initially over time? You know, if you imagine in the beginning, you have, you know, just individual developers, you know, and testers, and, and they're working in a more traditional model. First thing that we need to do is put them on the same team together. Uh, and they learn how to function as a team. And this is really cool because now we can focus on value. They're probably working from a backlog and giving some kind of regular demonstrations, um, say through like an iteration or sprint review or just like regular playbacks but we can now see some progress from a business perspective uh, on like, what are they delivering? We can redirect them as needed by changing the things in their backlog or changing the order of the backlog items uh, and really ensuring that they're working on the most valuable thing. And so when we have those capabilities in place, we get a lot more transparency uh, and we get you know, a lot more collaboration than we had. Uh, and so you could stop right there uh, I found that more often than not, we need to go a bit further. Um, that product probably needs to be sustainable over time. So we need a greater investment in the skills. And so like what I was saying earlier, you know, you started with Scrum and then now you're looking at like Agile 2.0. Yeah. One of the biggest questions we ask when we're coming up with our MVP or uh, our roadmap is like, is this delivering value? Is this solving a customer's problem? That's an important question because mm -hmm. that helps you like, throw things away. Like, like <laughs> why are, why is it on our roadmap even? It's not even adding customer value. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And because now like we're, we're investing more in the team skills. And so, you know, we're talking DevOps, we're talking some of those extreme programming practices, really trying to, you know, bolster that technical side so that the teams can release at will. So as they are, you know, coming up with some cool things for customers, like how do we get it in their hands like immediately? Um, so we can capture that value frequently and, you know, reveal the, the obstructions like as early as possible. So there's been a lot more emphasis on automated tests yeah. um, to help us with that. Um, it's enabling us to have, you know, lower defects and more predictability, uh, which, you know, has been so helpful, uh, you know, for the organization. And then of course, like have high, higher productivity. Um, so people are not having to wait as long. Um, now, of course, the challenge with this is it's so hard to learn those skills initially that you will slow down in order to speed up. Right. Yeah. So some of the problems I'm experiencing is that people are not familiar with creating automated tests and stuff. So we're having to bake that in like, and remember that we need to bake it in when we're sizing our stories that it needs to include automated tests. We, we take the, what's that? We, we, you know, it takes a long, beginning a long time like Allison mentioned, but later on we'll speed up. Mm -hmm. We should have paid the price up front. Yeah. yeah. Well, the concept is, you know, in the agile space as it goes, you have to go slow to go fast, but actually it's a lean thing. You know, yeah. so, so, um, we have to recognize that it's, it's okay for us to go a little slower mm -hmm. than going off in the longer run, because 
the learning is important. Right. Yeah. So, and this is where like Noreen and I have been talking, you know, like we have some teams that, that they're going to probably stop right here. You know, they, they can deliver value. They could deploy, you know, daily um, is the goal multiple times a day. And, and this would be sufficient, you know, for the products that they work on. And in other areas, um, there's, there's, you know, more need. We're wanting to see again, like more innovation and really be able to like keep up or even like surpass competitors. Uh, and so there's some organizational changes going on where like the org structure, uh, people are moving around, different departments are, are changing drastically. What we're trying to do is bring a lot more product um, or like a lot more of that business expertise within the team itself. Uh, and so now the developers and, and testers and, you know, whoever else is contributing um, is, you know, they're able to make better product decisions. Uh, and so I know in one case, you know, team members looked at their dashboard on how the product was performing. They had some conversations, came up with a brand new idea. They were able to implement it within like an hour or two and have it in production in front of some customers um, that very same day. Uh, and so being able to, to have the right people in the room and, you know, have those conversations right away uh, to do that is really powerful. Because um, they eliminated handoffs, they eliminated wait time. Uh, they they didn't have to like wait for a meeting or go find people. Um, but you know they were able to have this like new innovative um, approach and and be a little bit more disruptive with their product than what the original roadmap would have would have said. And I think this is a great approach because you you can find out sooner rather than later if the customer even wants this product or that you know that we need to even continue developing it rather than waiting six months to a year mm -hmm. and putting something out and realize the customers don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, what I love about this is recognizing like what were the particular benefits that, you know, an organization or like some managers were interested in and what are the areas that we might need to um, focus on coaching in particular. Uh, and then also recognizing, like I said, with optimized value, this is probably like that silver bullet, you know, set of benefits that people were sold on recognizing that there is that like organizational structure um, that needs to change. We would need our sponsors on board and willing to like go and have those conversations to make this happen. Uh, there might be some political capital uh, involved, uh, you know, having to work with other, you know, executives, other managers uh, in order to make that happen. Um, so that can be very time consuming and, and certainly like a lengthier change than just forming a, a development team in the first place. I think it involves some risks. Uh, people need to like be ready to take some risks. Yeah. 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 After that, um, there is this other idea where if you could change the entire organizational culture, uh, you can now like optimize for systems. So like we have like cross pollinated perspectives and we're now like stimulating market innovations. Um, so anyone in the company understands like how value is created and like what value is clearly enough that they can move themselves um, to like the most needed place to contribute. Uh, that sounds really, really hard. And it is. We've only seen this in a couple like smaller organizations. And this was more native, um, like more in their DNA uh, from like how they started. This is not something that has been, um, you know, I think visible yet in any kind of like large organization. So in some ways it's still a bit hypothetical. Um, 
But this whole model is called the Agile Fluency Model, and it was developed by James Shore and Diana Larson. And I love that it's framework agnostic, uh, and it's making it very clear, like, what are the benefits that you're after? Uh, what are the things to be looking for to know, like, from a capabilities perspective, is the team on track um, to, to meet those or, you know, create those benefits? And then certainly, like, what are the investments or uh, if you read more about this model, like what are the particular practice areas um, that could be helpful um, to coach or teach to a team so that they get there? Yeah, yeah I mean, I just want to say that I'm a big Diana Larson fan. I mean, I've had several interactions with her, but this is really, you know, going through this model is not just a conceptual conversation. It's also a game. Mm -hmm. right? You could actually play this game with executives, with different yeah of the team and start to illustrate what that really looks like. And it's really fun, you know, yeah. trying to put all this together and read the cards. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, cool stuff. So I just wanted to point that out, that um, there's that opportunity. Uh, what have you seen in terms of um, working with, with different organizations using the Agile Fluency model? You know, how has it you know, been received by people playing the game? Because you know how people are in corporate America. <laughs> Don't play. It's, it's actually really funny. Like um, I had played it with a group of managers and they did extremely well. I think they actually got the highest score um, that I've seen yet. Uh, and what I loved was in the debrief, you know, so, you know, each of them have their own development teams, their development teams have been struggling, you know, learning these new practices. But now I recognize like, wow, from a management perspective, like they understand the practices, they know, um, like which ones might you introduce at which time and like how would that help the team sustain and their delivery and like really, um, you know, create a better product. Uh, in the debrief, they recognize that like the starting point of the game, you're starting with nothing. Their teams, on the other hand, have inherited, you know, technical debts, uh, you know, all this legacy code that's been built up over the years. And they're working on projects that have some, you know, baked in um, expectations on the timelines, uh, you know, from their business and, you know, some of the other like production support operational things that happen. So it was like the costs of the reality, the same as what they experienced in the game. Uh, and I realized like, man, like imagine if this game, you know, was taken to our executives. Imagine if our like business stakeholders play it it'll give us like a different way of connecting with them and have you know, all of us understand like this learning path takes investment. You know, people are having to dedicate some time to learn how to write automated tests and, you know, learn how to, um, you know, do continuous integration and continuous deployments, you know, and, and get that, you know, process, that pipeline in place. And then, you know, how do we really use that um, to maximum effect? Uh, and so I think for them, they got a lot more empathy for their team um, that, you know, it's like they knew it, but it hadn't really been um, like brought to the foreground. So it helped them connect with their teams a bit better, like in that moment and recognize like that their stakeholders, you know, like their management and their, their business could use more conversation around like what was happening with the transformation. Yeah. 
I actually uh, watched while this was happening. I was watching Allison facilitate. It's really funny watching people like walk by and like, <laughs> and, like are y'all playing game here at work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a tabletop game. So you got like your your board. You got all these like little tokens and uh, yeah, you know people are having conversations like, what if we do this? What if we do that? And um, at first they're they're you know figuring out like how do we win. Um, and, and you occasionally have to like, kind of bring it back to like, read the card and like, what's that card about? Like, what's this practice here? Uh, and like, how might it benefit us? And you know, the, the way it gets simulated in the game, I, I just think is really, really fantastic. So basically it's like, you're kind of shrinking everything. This is what you actually do at work, but it's like shrinking it down one couple of hours mm -hmm. so they can kind of like see the big picture of what we need to do. I, actually it reminds me, I need to set this up again with some of our people. <laughs> More games coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> too is, is the trade-offs, right, in the conversation. Yeah. Of, you know, should I do TDD now, or should I do test-driven development, is what TDD is, or should I do something else, mm -hmm. right? So that beauty of allowing the management to really realize that, oh, maybe I need to do this first before I do that, you know, because right. even though everyone is saying, this is the brand new hot thing that I need to do, for my mm -hmm. organization, we may need to be we're here and we need to work in this skill across yeah. the organization and this learning for growth. So that's, that's a really cool thing about the game, Justin. Yeah, and I see people like, they try to push like building the pipeline towards the end. They start, or something like, some of the stuff that should have been like, we should have been investing in in the very beginning. Maybe you would have to like work on it, but like they push it and now they realize they, need to, they should have moved it in the front. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think one of the other cool ways that we used it, so we had a, a brand new team that was coming together, uh, you know, product owner had just been hired in um, to help with this and having them play the game. So, you know, some of them had heard you know, about TDD or like continuous integration and had a sense of what it might be. Others were brand new to it, but now they're playing a game. So they're like seeing these cards that explain the practices. They're having conversations about what those things mean and then making decisions as a group about like, when should we do this? When do we invest in it? Like, do we do this? this round or do we wait till like another round mm -hmm. um that we were able to then have a conversation afterwards about you know like well how did the game go and you know how did how did your team do at the end but now let's talk about your actual like learning path you know like you're about to start on your product you know, like what are some of the practices you might want to be investing in and learning right away and you know we're going to have a coach that's going to be you know working with you and, you know, what are some of the things that we might intentionally, like, try to do a little bit later? Uh, and, you know, let's keep in mind that, you know, the team, we're really giving them more of that um, understanding of, like, what's about to happen, you know, when they engage with a coach, what are the things that they're going to be learning, but definitely more say in, like, the priorities of it. Um, yeah. So rather than, like, the normal, you know, hey, we're adopting this framework, and we just jump in and try and do all of it at once, and that can be really overwhelming um, from a learning standpoint, now you've seen all the pieces, you understand all the components that um, could come up, and, like, which ones do you naturally want to start with? We want to follow that team's energy. You know, yeah, you're excited about it. Like, I want to follow the excitement and provide that for you. Uh, yeah, again, this game provides an opportunity to, if, if I play this with my business stakeholders, to be able to explain, you know, we talk about we need to do TDD, we need to do automated test, test, but explain to them why we need to do it at this time in the beginning, because 
they care about the customer experience. So like lower defects, you'll get the, the customer complaints will go down. Mm-hmm. It'll be a better product for the customer. So being able to talk about those things, you know, helps out. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot that we've actually just covered. Um, you know, like how do you get started? You know, recognize the benefits that you're after, like what business problems are you trying to solve? Keep that why out in front as you communicate, uh, you know, instead of having it be all about, you know, a particular framework and emphasizing like only the practices or, you know, becoming this like governance compliance kind of thing. Um, you know, let's focus on the goal and keep our eyes towards that to make sure that we really accomplish or get the benefits that we were after. Uh, and then inviting people in um, so that they have more ownership, that they're participating, that they're helping to really shape the transformation itself. Uh, checking for progress. Uh, you know, how do we recognize where we are? How do we see like what's coming up ahead? Uh, and then that continuous improvement. So we're always looking to how do we build on what's working? How do we use more of our strengths and, you know, keep going and, uh, you know, see what other great things are out there uh, while in the back of our heads, you know, we as coaches or we as folks that are going to be supporting the teams, you know, keep in mind like that learning path uh, and, you know, see, are they, are they getting the benefits um, that we're expecting and how might we support them? How might we introduce you know, some of those other techniques or um, other ways of working that they can really go to that, that next zone, that next, um, you know, set of benefits that they could, that they could get. And I think that checking progress is so important because how we know they're ready for the next phase or step. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find that, you know, when you're talking about a transformation, you know, one, the, the name already is kind of weird because it implies that there's like an end state when yeah. really it's more like a journey um, like you're kicking something off, you're probably looking for like an initial like big boost from where you are. Um, and I think of that as the transformation, but then that continuous improvement kind of kicks in. Um, but recognizing like, where are you and like, how much progress have you made? Because um, I think it's so easy to focus on like the next set of problems and forget like where you came from and all the accomplishments that you've gotten so far. And I thought, as individuals or as a company, I think we never want to reach our peak. Like we we want to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important for us to recognize that we have grown, but we have still a lot more to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to ask the question, what might we, or what if we, or what if I, or what might I, Mm -hmm. uh, as another way of of, um, asking those type of questions um, for growth. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, that's, that's the talk and you know, anyone, especially folks watching this, uh, later recorded, I, one, I apologize, but, uh, <laughs> you're going to see that I butcher, butcher our poor guest's name a number of times, but, uh, if you have any questions or want to get in touch with us, we're both available on email, Twitter, um, or you can find my blog and, and read and, and contact me some more. Yeah, this this is this is good. And you know, while we're we're here, let's, we could have a conversation about what we've experienced um, mm-hmm. and pipe in. I mean, if you guys have questions about agility, I mean, you yeah. have experienced coaches on the other line. I mean, I'm an experienced coach in the room, but you know, I want Noreen and Allison to really drive you know some of those topics. I, I really <laughs> want to I mean, I'm, I live in Tucson, so you could always ping me, but we, 
very, we're not going to get, you know, Maureen or Allison very often. Or we yeah. could, I hope. But, yeah, like someone here has flight benefits. So that's... A... <laughs> And so, um, any questions that you may have based on the experience, or even not even just the presentation, but just in general? Hey, you know, what is this agile thing? Or I'm trying it at work, and I don't really know. Or maybe I'm maybe it's just a shout out of yeah. how great you're doing with it at work. So feel free to pipe in. Or you want to do the power source dance? Yeah. <laughs> So I know um, one of you had like minimum experience to Agile, you're new to Agile. Well, what about the other person in the room? So tell us your name. I, I know your name, but I... Okay. Adrian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a little hard to hear, but it sounds like you're also early on in Agile uh, uh, experience. Yeah. Um, are you doing a scrum? Come closer. You can come closer, too. They'll, they'll pick you up. Well, she's sitting here, so you can come closer. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I bring my, my wide lens camera and stuff like that, I'll, I'll, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I came a little bit late. Sorry about that. That's all right. So what was your question? Well, I was just asking what form of Agile are you doing, but I can, so I can give you a little bit, uh, like some of my experience from Agile is that in the beginning, I didn't, we just said we were doing Agile. We didn't even know if we were doing it correctly because we were just doing those ceremonies. So I think the thing that we talk about is like knowing why you do it is very important. And if you start doing that earlier, it'll be more, it'll make you more effective at Agile. Mm. Yeah. Well, because you've had a really interesting journey because yeah. you started like with like a smaller yeah. um, set of teams and like really being the scrum master and yeah. even like your group um, like expanded, you yeah. added more teams over time. Yeah. And then of course, uh, like I said, this like Agile 2.0, we're doing more DevOps and all. We actually changed up teams. So your group got like blended in yeah. uh, with some of the other teams so that we could, uh, you know, add features across multiple channels and, uh, you know, getting to, getting to see like the dynamics of, uh, you know, people change yeah. and, you know, technology change all at once. Uh, you've had, you've had like so much exposure to what agile can be. Yeah. So I feel like one, <laughs> I feel like I had an idea before, but now I'm trying, we're trying to get little pieces of different frameworks and trying to make it work. And it's just, it's just um, pivoting all the time, trying to figure out what works and what makes us most effective. Um, so yeah, we don't have an ingredient right now. <laughs> well, tell me what's, what's the biggest challenge that you've encountered, right? Because um, it, the transformation journey, as I tend to re refer to it as, mm -hmm. it has many challenges along the way in terms of people, what I would say, those who turn back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? We get a lot of progress and they turn back and go back to the old ways. You know, what has been the biggest challenge that you've encountered so far? It, I think it's like um, my dist distributed teams, like they're distributed with different uh, I don't even know if we call it a team, but there are some of our people are mixed in with other people. 
So we've also kind of uh, gotten lazy about all of our agile practices, like just some of the collaboration, the uh, like not even having proper stand-up anymore. Like, so we're trying to actually reel that back in and starting to get some of that discipline back. So we are actually going backwards a little bit because we're not mature enough to move forward. So mm. that's what we're having to do, like reel back and go back and do some basic agile stuff again. Yeah, I think actually, so I'll go back to like the agile fluency model. So when you think about this learning path, like focus on value had been well, well established yeah. as of like years ago. And then, you know, people were starting to do practices from like that deliver value, right? Some of those technical like mm -hmm. TDD and um, some people might have been pair programming, others not so much, mm -hmm. but you had some automated testing starting to happen um, that you could, you know, still have some predictability, just not the frequent releases, yeah. but um, not super, super lengthy releases either. Um, when the when the direction became like we're going to change up the team structures to try and deliver um, like the same features across multiple channels, mm -hmm. it was a big, big disruption initially. Yeah. And so it basically reset everyone. So they had to, you know, go back to like, you know, that first let's focus on value mm -hmm. as we're also trying to, you know, really get the deliver value and in some cases also optimize value. Mm -hmm. So the, the learning path like became massive all over again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, um, that's part of what you've been enduring like the last two years or so. Right. It's like two, like having too many changes, like you could kind of compare it to work in progress. We needed to probably do a couple of things, change it. And then when we got better at that, added more things to change. Yeah. 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 I think in this case there was also, um, you know, there was like some excitement, I think, from mm -hmm. like uh, management of like, we want to set like this big goal. And like, we're going to say like, it's a big disruptive change. Unfortunately, you know, when people get moved into like these different groups and like different teams with folks that you don't really know all that well, when you're just saying it's all going to be brand new, and it's unlike anything you've ever seen before, it resets them. And they really had no like sense of grounding. Um, whereas, you know, it's always easy to kind of like look back and go, what if we had done this other thing? But I'm like, wow, looking back, I wonder if we had actually said, here's a, yes, you have new people that you're going to be working with. And we're going to start just like how your teams were functioning before. So we're going to still have, you know, sprints and we're still going to do our retrospectives and we're still going to have, um, you know, these kinds of conversations. If that would have given them, you know, more confidence like from the beginning uh and and allowed them to gel a little bit and moving into again some of those like deeper technical practices on the business side um if that would have like helped us um in yeah. that way yeah but i want to say that fundamentally we could go back to tuckman's basic model of you know right? forming, <laughs> storming, norming, performing. Every time you shift teams, someone leaves, someone comes in, that's the dynamics. And even that, going back to that basic tenant, right, yeah. that happens no matter what, uh, right. just acknowledging that also helps management to go, oh yeah, because we have new teams and we have this new practice, guess what? There's new learnings, there's, you know, the human factor. So mm -hmm. um, we have to consider that as part of our journey and our transformation journey as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think recognizing, you know, like, when are you about to put the team like through that again, right? Like we're, we know storming is going to happen because we've changed something. People have moved around and 
you know, back to how are you giving them like communities of practice um, that they can have a sense of belonging and like have a forum to speak there? Or is it, you know, some kind of like organizational retrospectives or, you know, some place where they can like, you know, connect back to like, here's what's going on and here's how I would like it to be done better uh, and be a part of the help us do it better. Yeah, I agree with you. I think people, I think the whole thing about the very beginning, like having people gel is just so important. Mm -hmm. Have them have a sense of belonging, build that trust that with each other. Once that trust is there, it's easier to do with other stuff. Yeah. 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 You guys have any other questions? Any other thoughts? And it's okay if we don't. Um, <laughs> creating the, the space for us to um, have more discussions if we need to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if there's nothing else, you know, uh, let's just say, I want to say thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank for, you. Uh, giving up your Saturday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would have been at the gym. Yeah, to totally. <laughs> different kind of workout, right? <laughs> so. Um, so I'd just like to say, you know, just thank you for showing up and being a part of this community as we're trying to bring agility into Tucson as, as a, a practice. Mm -hmm. um, people are, are learning here and yeah. there's a few small, there are a few companies who are actually practicing agile, but in terms of building out a community, you know, that's the charter that, that I have. Well, personally, I, I took that on because I am. I moved here and I, and I like, there's no agile community and I'm dying. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that you did that. You know, I, I've been involved in like the Dallas agile community for uh, probably close to 10 years. And I mean, it's grown tremendously over that time, but you know, each one of our groups, like they started small and they started because someone cared enough to say like, I want to learn and who wants to learn alongside me. And, you know, the, the work into, like, how do you find speakers and how do you find topics and, you know, how do you make this happen month after month after month? Yeah. You know, it, it starts small and it starts, you know, with, with things like this, uh, people just coming together because they're interested in hearing a bit more. And at some point, it, it'll just kind of like magically happen where the, the community grows and the like word gets out. So you know, you're going to tell your friends, you're going to tell your coworkers, they're going to find out about it online as more companies are getting further in their agile journeys. And you're already creating a place um, for, for people to find you and connect with you. Uh, and I, I think it's awesome. I, I'm so grateful to, to have Allison as a friend. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so grateful for that. So Noreen, thank you for, for being a part of this as well. I, we have never met. I don't believe we've ever met in person. Yeah, but, I don't think so. Um, yeah, not yet, not yet, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, and, and so I'm grateful for you to come and share your experience and stories and Allison always. And, um, you know, let's look forward to next month. We're trying to see if we can find some CTOs and CIOs who want to talk mm -hmm. about, you know, the role of agility in digital transformation strategy, right? Mm -hmm. On that level of really thinking about how do we really use agility to help move things along. The fluency model is, is one context, but mm -hmm. think about it of how you start transforming the organization to, to live in a VUCA world. Um, right. <laughs> you know, how do we do that? And, and so I'm, I'm looking to see if we could find some participants for that. So if you know of anyone, 
you know, we'll be happy to have him as part of the forum. And um, with that, I would like to say thank you so much. I want to just say thank you to our sponsors again, Agile Alliance, Scrum Alliance, um, Nalshare, um, you know, and we look forward to doing this every month for as long as we can. And, you know, Allison, keep coming back. Oh yeah, this is, I love this. I love that I can like dial in from my own home. <laughs> hey, so whose home are you at today? Noreen's or yours? This, this is mine, this is mine. Uh, yeah, this is, it. Noreen uh, knew, like I moved into this house, we built it, my husband and I, uh, and moved in in February. And so nice. I've been spending all kinds of money decorating. So she got yeah, to tour yes. the place and, and see all the uh, fancy new stuff I yeah. got. Very fancy. <laughs> I love the walls. It's really, really awesome. <laughs> Just want to let you know that. Yes, wallpaper is back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really cool. Bring bangs back. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you graciously. Um, enjoy your Saturday, and we will see you again soon. All right, thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, Agile Organization Development, Lean Business Startup, and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www.the5saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.5saturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalsha with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalsha with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time, find your awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs>